0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In times like these, it's important
1: to know who you can trust. At last, a news source that's reliably reliable, informatively informational, and never wrong. Unfortunately, you're not listening to it. Instead, you're listening to... to the Chaser
2: Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. My name is Charles Firth and with me today are Dom Knight. Hello. And, and Nina Oyama. Heyo. And Nina, you've had a terrible week I hear.
3: I've had the worst week of my life. Um, I just want to give you some background. I was fired from a very important job hmm. um, and the job, by the way, it like, technically started in April and April these two amazing Australian comedy writers rung me up and they're like hey Nina we're really excited we've just written this show and the main character is called Nina and she's amazing like, yeah I was like this is wow. great news she's half Japanese the character and me and she lives in Sydney and she used to work in retail like I did and she also dropped out of high school and did a three-year drama degree just like me <laughs> that
4: is so cool how exciting for you I know
3: I was like this is the best day of my life I've always wanted to work with these comedy writers like yes Yay! And then they were like, "Obviously, you still have to audition for the role because, like, that's how show business works." Mm. And I was like, "Of course, anything for you guys." Yeah. So but they- you,
4: you're playing yourself, yeah. Like, I mean, and yeah. it shouldn't have mattered. It was, it was as though the part was catering to you
3: exactly. And so they sent me through the scripts, and I did the demos, and they called me back like a. Two weeks later, and they're like, mm. Congratulations, you have the part of yourself. And I was like, <laughs> Yes, this is so good. And it's for a podcast, by the way, for an mm. audio show. And so we were all like talking back and forth. And eventually, last week, we had our first Zoom read with all the cast. Mm. And the day after the Zoom read, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God. How? What did you do? I don't know. Uh, From I've heard that they're going with an actor that's had over twenty years experience in the theatre, and so I'm not good enough an actor to play myself. (laughs) That is so insulting. It is so brutal. Like I've lost so many roles, but this one, like I'm playing me. Yeah.
2: So and was it an awkward conversation? How how did the conversation unfold on the phone?
3: Well, so my agent rang me up, and she said that. It wasn't even. They didn't even call her. It was their agent that called her. So it wasn't. We haven't even talked. I haven't talked to the writers. Wow. Um, but my agent rang me up and she told me the news, and then I cried. Yeah. Um. And then she was like, "Do you want the writers to call you?" And I said no because I was too sad. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is, like, literally the day before I got fired, I like I fully called my mom and I was like, "I just had this like Zoom read mm. with these like amazing people, and I think it went really well." And I mm. actually emailed the writers. I was like, "Hey guys, uh, I had the best time. Uh, um, I know you're stuck in Melbourne. Like, let me." send you desserts like send me your email and your your addresses and i'll like literally send you desserts because you can do that now via uber eats oh
4: god and just like no
3: reply like no reply for a week and then the next week fired
4: (laughs) (laughs) maybe they're lactose intolerant
3: (laughs) you can get lactose free desserts so yeah anyway
4: now so i mean that that is
2: terrible. It, it does make this conversation that we've got to have with you, Nina, yeah. just a little bit harder. Oh mm. no,
3: guys! What's well, what's happening?
2: I, I, like, um, our agent should have actually called your agent. Yeah, but
3: oh, have I got a promotion? We've <laughs> no. It, it's look. I've it's had not a really fun time with you guys. If you ever want me to send you some Uber Eats, I am um, It's not you. you know, I'll I'll, dri- yeah. I'll drive the food to you. It's you just know?
4: that it turns out there's a better Nina Oyama.
2: Yeah. So we're gonna get Dom to play. Nina Oyama from yeah. now on.
3: Dom, have you had 20 years of stage experience? <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Well, let's just say he's at least better than you. <laughs>
4: um, it should be noted that given the – if you look back at my history performing with the Chaser team, I'm generally not regarded as a very strong actor, yet <laughs> it was it was thought that yeah. I could actually handle your, yeah. your role. Yeah. Um, oh.
3: and, yeah. And
4: you know how – I mean – Basically, white men are taking—you know—unfairly taking the jobs as people like you all the time, Nina. Yeah.
3: That's true, but I mean, like, if you're going to play me, then mm. who's going to play you?
2: Uh we'll we'll deal with that. You, so.
3: I, I can't audition for the role of Dom or Charles. Like
2: no, no. Can we can we turn down her microphone? She's fired. Oh come know. on, guys, come please on. Just, please there let me
3: have one more. Oh. There you go. Okay. Okay. No.
2: Anyway, so, so we've got a great show. Nina, what's uh, what's what are you doing on the show today?
4: I'm going to be talking all about <laughs> <laughs> Queensland and how uh, bizarre oh things God. are up there. I've prepared oh it very God. carefully based on my 27 years of being a half Japanese woman. <laughs> And Dom, um, what what have you got coming up? Today, as Dom, I'm going to be talking about Donald Trump's encounter with legendary president-sacking journalist Bob Woodward. And I'm going to be talking about all the face mask protests in the US. Oh, as Nina, I'm very interested in that. That's all coming
2: up on the show, but first of all, let's go to Rebecca (coughs) DeNumino. Shut up! I'm really sorry I'm playing
4: her role too.
0: Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has announced a new scheme so that restaurants across Melbourne can open sooner as long as patrons eat outside. However, the scheme has been met with fierce opposition from one critic who said he resented the new requirement. Meanwhile, women across Melbourne have expressed a lack of surprise that a man who said he wanted to eat out now doesn't want to. Kim Kardashian West has announced she will be boycotting Facebook and Instagram due to the constant sharing of harmful misinformation on the platforms. The select- Celebrity said that misinformation is so prevalent on the platforms that you can find numerous examples, mainly by scrolling through her sponsored posts. Energy Minister Angus Taylor has expressed concerns that his plans for a new gas power plant could alienate his mates over at the coal lobby. Meanwhile, Labor opposition leader Anthony Albanese has refused to oppose the plan, saying that destroying the entire planet in a climate apocalypse polls well in key marginal seats. That's the latest Chaser News. Thanks, Beck. Hey,
2: Beck. Good news about the vaccine this week. The recommended trials of the Oxford vaccine
0: recommence. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Really? Beck, I thought you were an anti vaxxer. Yeah, I am. But I can't wait for it to be available so I can then refuse to take it.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that does make sense.
3: Uh, hello. I'm still here. Who's this? It's Nina. Ah. You can't fire me. I quit. And then I also <laughs> reapply for the job.
1: The Chaser Report, news a few days after it happens.
3: The Chaser Report is powered by gas. It's renewable in 400 million years.
1: The Chaser Report, more news, less often. So it was uh, September 11 uh, this
4: week. Mm, Yeah, the 20th anniversary of the S11 protests.
2: Yes, or the 19th anniversary of 9-11, Dom. Sorry. Anyway, it did remind me of uh, this Vox Pop that we did for the war and everything way back in the day. It came off a survey showing that Americans couldn't remember, this was in about 2006, Americans couldn't remember which year 9-11 was in. Um, But we decided to take it a step further. What year did the 9-11 terrorist attack take place? Uh,
3: 2000. Was it 2002,
2: I think? 2004. And I was in New York when it happened. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> in what month did the 9-11 attacks take place?
5: October. Uh, August,
2: I think. Uh, uh, ninth
6: month, was it October?
2: Can you recall the exact date of the 9-11 attacks?
6: Well, it was September 9th.
2: September 9th. Yeah, it was, uh, what? September gonna. F- yeah, 9-11, September 1st. September the. Wasn't sixteenth, I think.
4: Fifteenth. Wasn't
2: sixteenth. Sixteenth of August. Okay. What religion did the 9-11 terrorists belong to? Was it Hindu, Islam, or atheist? Hindu.
5: Hindu. <laughs> uh,
4: they were. Um, they were stupid. That's that's what religion they were. They were stupid. They were like some stupid Muslims. Uh, whoever they were. Charles, you didn't know then. But you were meeting Donald Trump's base, weren't you? That's exactly right.
2: <laughs> America is, a, it was a very prescient segment there. Mm-hmm. America's only got dumber in, in the years since. But, uh, guys, I just wanted uh, to ask you um, what date do you think 9 11 was on? Oh, well, the 9th of November. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking technically in Australia, it was the 12th of September.
2: Very good. Okay.
3: Because we're a day ahead. Was that a trick question, Charles?
2: No, no. You just got
3: schooled,
4: bro. Weren't you like in primary school at the time?
3: Yeah, I was in year one, I think. I remember very vividly the day of the 9 11 attacks, but not in the other way, not like in the same way as everyone else remembers Mm. it vividly, because I was watching Pokemon and then it kept getting interrupted with news footage of like towers exploding. And I thought there was something wrong with the TV because no matter what channel I changed to to go to watch a kids show, it was just like the towers exploding. So I woke up my parents and I was like, Mom, Dad, there's something wrong with the TV. (laughs) The news keeps showing these like building gear which I don't care about because I just want to watch Pokemon. And so that was the day <laughs> that was my 9 11. Wow. So please don't cancel me. That was, I was literally like five years old, but I was very annoyed. I was like, why is this happening to me right now?
2: Yes. Well, um, as, as we mentioned, dumb Americans uh, have got even dumber and more depressing uh, since then. And I, I just want to give you a glimpse of how dumb America has gotten in 2020. And it's from a news report uh, out of Utah during the week of an anti-mask protest. And the first uh, talent that they interviewed was actually a a five-year-old kid.
3: A passionate call for action Friday morning in St. George, several police officers on standby as many locals called concerns about coronavirus spikes overblown. The flu kills more than coronavirus. Others calling the virus a hoax or stating that asymptomatic carriers simply do not exist and they cannot be forced to wear masks anywhere as citizens of the United States.
2: So, So the basic idea here is that they don't have to wear masks in America because it's their right as a citizen to not wear masks. Hmm. So the question is, which founding father said that the right to not wear face masks was a citizen's right? Was it Thomas Jefferson? Was it George Washington? Or was it Greg from Facebook?
3: I'm going to take a punt and say Thomas Jefferson. Oh. I mean, he was right wing, yeah. right, of the time. He was a Republican yeah. politician. So yeah. I'm going yeah. to steadfast in my opinion. Yeah, he was
4: from the South. Yeah, that figures. Dom, yeah. what do you reckon? I think it was Greg from Facebook who is <laughs> at the level of a founding father in, in uh, 2020. Dom, you are correct. Oh. Yeah. Oh, damn. But
2: actually, it wasn't Greg. Well, Greg is what he calls himself on Facebook. I think it was actually Vlad because uh, there's a lot of evidence that um, the anti-face mask movement is entirely uh, created out of Russian trolls.
3: It might not be Vlad. Like mm. it might be Greg Orr.
2: Yeah, that's, that's right. True. That's true. Yeah, that's true.
3: I mean, why on a,
4: you know, why would Russians want Americans to die on mass? I mean, they have never wanted that before. <laughs> that's true. Right. Anyway, the the report goes on.
3: Some rally attendees say they shouldn't ever wear masks if they have any medical issues or mental health concerns, or if they feel they simply can't breathe. When George Floyd was saying, "I can't breathe," and then he died, and now we're wearing a mask and we say, "I can't breathe," but we're being forced to wear it anyway. <laughs> oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, also, arguably so- refusing to wear a mask should classify as a mental health condition.
2: Well, yeah, but then they under their argument that then they wouldn't have to wear a mask.
3: Ah, oh, they're, they're too good for us. Yeah. <laughs> they, i, they, mean, they I mean, closed that loophole. I can't
2: believe you've been outwitted by them. I mean, I mean as <laughs> I wonder, you've been
3: sacked <laughs> as a so software. I the did case. wear a mask to the Zoom read, <laughs> and they probably couldn't hear me properly. That's why.
4: I mean, I'm just not sure whether to laugh at the inanity or just just cry.
2: Well, the the question is: Are these anti-maskers really more oppressed than black people?
4: Well, both of them are dying in large numbers. Mm.
2: Oh, this is so unta- distasteful, isn't it? It's so close, it's incredibly distasteful.
3: It? But it's not like George Floyd didn't die from wearing a mask. He died because a police officer killed him. Like that is well,
2: objectively what happened. Yeah, but what's worse, being strangled to death by cops or wearing a mask? Like which one?
3: I just want to cry. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know.
2: Okay, controversial
3: you know, opinion here, but I think being you know strangled to death by the cops yeah. is actually way worse. Okay,
2: but it, it, but. The histrionics actually gets worse than this. And before I play the next clip, oh, no. I want you to just tell me, what do you think the worst thing that you could say about face masks is? Like how could you actually go even worse? Oh, than-
4: <laughs> that the, the, the little metal strips in them are actually antennas for 5G. Oh, that's not bad.
3: I think it's that they hide a beautiful smile.
2: <laughs> okay, well, let's see.
3: Parents are demanding they have the right to decide what to do with their children.
1: I'll tell you another reason I hate masks. Most child molesters
3: love them. <laughs> 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 they're
2: just, they're oh. just the tools of pedophiles.
3: I don't i don't understand why a pedophile would like a mask. I don't understand. Yeah, that's like, hide that's like a bondage and discipline
4: thing.
2: No, to hide his face so that he doesn't get caught. This is not sad, though. This is just... Just,
3: oh, man, I just weep for the state yeah. of that nation, man. Yeah. I just can't.
4: <laughs>
2: don't,
3: and don't. it always comes down to pedophiles. Like, I don't understand.
4: What if a pedophile used an American flag to obscure their face?
1: <laughs> then it would well, be okay. Yeah, that would be fine. Go ahead. The Chaser Report. Less news, less often.
3: Dom and Charles, obviously a lot of news around Australia has been quite depressing this week, like Victoria has their extended lockdown, New South Wales is recording more cases, but luckily for us, Queensland is coming in hot with the goods.
4: I mean, I'm sorry, Nana, but it doesn't really reassure me to hear that things are okay in Queensland. And Shut else. up,
3: Dom. Queensland saves the day again. Our favourite state, Queensland. <laughs> so this month, Queensland has been pretty tough on COVID restrictions. They've implemented strict water closure rules specifically, but they've also had some more interesting rules, like recently declaring that groups of people dancing at weddings and nightclubs is prohibited, but sex parties are okay, (laughs) provided they have adequate COVID restrictions in place. Nina,
2: did you write these rules?
3: Yes, you got me. I'm secretly working for the Palaszczuk government so that I can fuck around. (laughs) Sorry to my boyfriend if you're hearing this. If
4: you go to a sex party in Queensland, have you got to wear a mask while you're orgying?
3: Uh maybe. Honestly, they haven't really specified the restrictions that I've found in the articles so far, but it's like it's one person every 4 square meters. So you do have to be, you know, oh. able to take space should you need it.
4: So you've got to kind of your orgy has to be conducted entirely lying flat, so as to
3: Yeah, you have got like a, a
4: bad game of Twister.
2: Come
3: in the corner. They've got a come corner and you just oh. no, I'm I'm kidding. But so,
2: and what happens if like you go to the sex party and then you get overtaken by the moment and you propose, does that then make it an illegal sex party?
3: Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like maybe if they move weddings Mm. into strip clubs, like easy solve.
2: Yes.
3: Like what could be so bad about that you knock over the hens night?
4: And very romantic too. So you can't do like dirty dancing but you can do full-on fucking
3: Good stuff, Queensland.
2: <laughs> I reckon that's the Gold Coast constituency, yeah, there, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's just people from the Gold Coast going, well, we've got to have our sex party. Yeah, yeah,
4: DTF yeah. or
2: go home. Especially as schoolies is cancelled, all the toolies just have, have to have somewhere to go.
4: <laughs> Actually, I think that's what schoolies, like every year the toolies should just be herded into a giant <laughs> tent and made to get it up with each other. Just
3: like Tooley Island. Yeah, <laughs> Tooley
4: Island. That's yeah. a TV series we should pitch right after this.
2: Okay.
3: Yes, we should. The Actor awards are actually looking for reality TV shows, so... Yeah.
2: But don't you have lots of work to do? Oh, no, you've been sacked. That's
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of things that are banned in Queensland, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is unable to enter the state unless he quarantines for 14 days like everyone else, which means he will be unable to physically assist in the Liberal Party campaign in the Queensland state election. That's this. a good rule. Wait,
2: yeah. a, wait a minute. Who's who's in charge up there? Who who runs the government? Is it the Labor...
3: It's the Labor Party. The Labor
2: Party runs... So we're, and, they're, and they're banning Scott Morrison. They're
3: not banning him. They're just saying if you want to come in, you yeah. have to quarantine for 14 days like everyone else. So
2: the Labor Party's completely shot themselves in the foot there because surely the one thing that will get Labor elected is if
4: Scott Morrison goes up to Queensland and campaigns for the Lib. No way, Charles. I, I think Palaszczuk's strongest suit is saying, no one from Sydney. You know how much they hate us up yes. there. No one from Sydney can come in, even the prime minister. I just want to know how we can get somehow in New South Wales a ban on Scott Morrison, even though he lives here. Yeah, <laughs> it I'd could like be hard, but I'm up for it. And is it just Scott Morrison, or is it all Sydney sided?
3: It's it's all everyone from Sydney, yeah. Canberra, and Melbourne.
2: Because I much. think it should be specific just to Scott Morrison. Mm. I Cause, do too. Because he's, he's a real danger. Like he, he goes around and he forces people to shake his hands. And I know, like
3: already, already yeah. that's a warning sign for COVID. Mm. I
4: mean, it is a strange regime where... You can't be Scott Morrison and come in, but Peter Dutton is accepted. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, so Scott Morrison was actually asked about it and he really agreed. He was like, yeah, I shouldn't go to Queensland. And then he uh, said that he actually wasn't planning on visiting Queensland anytime <laughs> soon anyway because he has parliament. So, you know, he, he couldn't yeah. even do it if he wanted to. Didn't even what... want to go. Didn't yeah. even
4: want to go
2: to that yeah. party.
3: Yeah, didn't even want to hang out with the Liberal MPs anyway.
2: <laughs> didn't even want that part in the podcast. Mm. Yeah.
3: But it was a bit of a weird response from him because about two weeks ago, Scott Morrison was campaigning to have Queensland borders open up a bit more, mm. um, especially for families with dying loved ones who, basically, if they want to visit their loved one in Queensland, the whole family would have to pay for two weeks' worth of hotel quarantine, which is quite a bit of money. And Scott Morrison actually nearly broke down in tears on Ray oh, Hadley's Queensland show. Deputy Premier Stephen Miles was having none of it.
5: You know, you all reported on Scott Morrison nearly crying on Ray Hadley, right? But has he ever cried? about the hundreds of people who died in aged care under his watch? Has he ever cried about the Ruby Princess, which saw people spread right throughout this country with COVID-19? Does he cry right now for the tens of thousands of Australians who are stranded overseas, unable to return home? They are all things he is responsible for, but he has never once taken any responsibility, never once expressed any kind of regret.
3: Oh, Stephen Miles in the house. I
5: love it.
3: What an incredible smackdown. I just feel like someone, like Stephen Miles needs to have just like a group of people, like whenever he says anything, they just go, oh, just like, like super hot fire. Mm. Have you seen that clip where he's like, <laughs> you know, they're like, hey. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's amazing. But what do you think? Do you think Scott Morrison has ever cried over any of those things?
4: I mean, I know if you shat yourself in a Macca's toilet, yeah. you'd probably be pretty tearful. <laughs> On grand final day. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today.
2: Well, wow. I think I think he's cried over so like anytime the sharks lose, I'm sure he cries. Any time he burns the curry. Oh yeah, oh, he'd,
4: the he'd one cry. meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Beer, beer running out while he's watching the sharks lose. Oh yeah, cry?
3: maybe every time he um, he doesn't make any money or misses out on a money yeah. making opportunity. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, every time he doesn't get payola from the gas industry.
3: Yeah, I mean, probably I sheds would, a little tear.
4: I would be sobbing if I was on my holiday in Hawaii. Yeah, and the the woke losers on Twitter just yeah. whined so much had to come back to Australia just because yeah. it was all on fire. Uh, <sighs>
3: yeah. Bloody fires. Anyway, speaking of fires, this is one of a number of third degree burns Stephen Miles has delivered to Liberal politicians this week. Another person who's visiting Queensland right now actually is actor Tom Hanks, who landed back in the country after surviving the coronavirus. So he's here to shoot Baz Luhrmann's Elvis Presley biopic, which is shooting in Queensland, and the head of Border Force, Peter Dunn is just fully, like, railing against him. He's saying it's not fair that Tom Hanks can enter Queensland and quarantine at his hotel of choice when other families, Australian families, can't see their loved ones. And he says, basically, if Hanks was a tourist, he wouldn't be allowed back in the country. Isn't
4: this the same guy whose government let Danny Minogue basically just go and chillax at a resort? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and what about, like, if Tom Hanks was an au pair? That would be totally fine. They could just get in.
3: I know. Maybe Tom Hanks should offer to take care of Peter Dutton's children. I love it. Bingo, bango. That's a loophole. But actually, actually, it doesn't appear that it's the Queensland government's fault. Because according to Stephen Miles, the fault is actually on <laughs> someone else.
5: Non-residents coming to Australia need to be permitted to come here by border force. And, that, and what that means is that when Peter Dutton launched that extraordinary attack during the week. He was lying. He was saying that it was us that let Tom Hanks in, when in fact it was him and his own department that let Tom Hanks in.
3: Peter Dunne no. was actually responsible for bringing Tom Hanks into the country. I love it! That's probably
4: the best thing he's ever done in his entire career.
2: <laughs> he's, he's, he's sort of self-burned himself just by... Criticize! Oh my God, that's crazy
3: It is insane Like how does Peter Dutton come back from that? You can't, you can't It's oh, a no.
4: smouldering ruin
2: No, 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 no I think um Peter Dutton's got a lot of powers as Home Affairs Minister I think he should just lock up Stephen Miles as a sort of, um you know, some, <laughs> under some anti-terrorism law Like Peter Dutton has all those powers now
3: He He does look like Voldemort. He is very (laughs) Voldemort-looking. Like he has even less eyebrow hair than I've ever seen him. Well,
2: because he got COVID earlier in the year. He
4: did, and he's never really recovered. I mean, I had not realised till that point that that potatoes could get COVID (laughs) (laughs) nineteen.
3: But uh, now there is something about to happen in Queensland, which I have, you know, mentioned in this previous conversation, which is possibly why all the politicians are focusing their energy on making Anastasia Palaszczuk look bad or incompetent. Do you have any idea what that could be?
2: Uh, I don't know. It certainly wouldn't be to do with petty politics. Would no? It? No, hang on. Well,
3: is the,
4: is the, you... the... the Logie still happening on the Gold Coast? <laughs> is or that it?
3: Maybe, yeah. Dom, but uh, I think Stephen Miles has the answer.
5: These restrictions apply in Tasmania, South Australia, WA, Northern Territory, but did you see once Scott Morrison talk about any of those states, those that don't have elections coming up? No, you didn't. He just attacked Queensland and uh, so I think the only difference is that there is an election coming in Queensland and Scott Morrison thinks there's a chance to get Deb Frecklington elected leader to get our borders open.
3: Election. Yay! Ah, what do you think? Do you think this is this is a real thing, or do you think it's all part of a QAnon conspiracy?
2: I think Stephen Miles should become prime minister. He's he's so much better than the rest of them.
4: Uh, this seems like a massive miscalculation by the Libs. I mean, Anastasia Palaszczuk has a policy of keeping non-Queenslanders out of Queensland. She's going to be premier for fifty years.
1: The Chaser Report, news you know you can't trust.
3: The Chaser Report is powered by gas, because fuck climate change.
1: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. All right, Nina and
4: Charles, it's time to head to the US, where Donald Trump has... uh got in even more trouble over a book. It seems whenever a book comes out, that's his weak spot. And this is a particularly strange thing because what happened was Bob Woodward is the legendary journalist who brought down uh, Richard Nixon during Watergate. Okay, mm. He's very, very feared. He's really good. He's already written a book that's very critical of Donald Trump called Fear earlier in the Trump presidency. Mm. So when the notion of whether or not Donald Trump should be interviewed by Bob Woodward came up. What do you think a sensible response would have been, given that Donald Trump is trying to win this election?
3: Oh, hell no. If I was a president, I don't even care if I was a good president, I would never say yes to an interview with Bob Woodward. So that's obviously what Donald Trump said, right? No. Donald Trump
4: (laughs) uh, thought he could charm Woodward and that the problem with the earlier book was just that he hadn't spent enough time talking to him because he listened to the people who said, don't talk to Woodward and in fact he so enjoyed talking to the most famous journalist in America that it got to the point where he was ringing up Woodward unannounced late at night to just give him some more thoughts and insight and it's actually kind of hilariously nauseating because he so wants Woodward to like him and be impressed. You sure he wasn't just trying to find out who Deep Throat is? I suspect he was trying to find out who Bob Woodward is. Yeah. I'm not sure he knows.
3: But so, surely, surely, I mean, he's calling him up late at night. Mm. So that's when you have like off the record conversations, right? You don't know it's off the record, right? Bob yeah.
4: Woodward recorded all of the conversations and told him, Mr. President, I'm pressing record now. Oh no. my god. So look, let's look at what was said in those conversations. And the thing let, let's start with the thing that's made the most headlines, which is that Trump told Woodward he knew how deadly COVID-19 was in January. Um, Quite the opposite of what he was saying at the time. He was told it would be the greatest threat to his presidency. And here's some of the audio. And just listen to Trump trying to impress Bob
6: Woodward. What was uh, President Xi saying yesterday? Well, we were talking mostly about the uh, the virus. And I think he's going to have it in good shape, but, you know, it's a very tricky situation. There
4: you go. So, um...
3: So he's talking to Xi Jinping, the president of China. Well,
4: in And this was in February, was it? This, this is in, I th- yeah. So the conversation was in January. In January. And he's telling Woodward in, in February. Right, yeah. So then Woodward goes on and he actually displays, I'm not making this up, some scientific knowledge.
6: It goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air. That's how it's uh, passed.
4: I mean, he does sound like a Nick and Romus, admittedly, but that was the key fact that coronavirus was airborne. He knew that at the start of the year mm. um, and he, he told Bob Woodward in February.
3: <sighs> and what was what was he saying? <laughs> now that we know that he was knowing this in January, mm. what what was he saying? He was saying it was no better than the flu. Yeah. But- yeah. It's
4: not that bad. It's all going to go away when it heats up, when the weather gets warmer, it'll vanish, he said. Um,
3: now, knowing that
4: Woodward is the guy who brings down presidents with recorded tapes, mm-hmm. no less. Um, I don't know that Trump knows that, but most people know that. Um, he, at the same time, he was telling the public not to worry. What is, the, what is the least smart thing you can say to the investigative journalist who's doing a book on you? How about this?
6: Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your, even your strenuous flus You know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. So this
2: is literally the opposite of what he was telling the American public.
6: Yeah,
4: he's talking up COVID, right? Like, he's saying how amazing... It's like it's a shitty condo uh, with the the Trump logo on it.
3: He's like, it is the deadliest flu that's... Mm. Jesus Christ.
4: Yeah, okay.
3: Why, though? Why did he not...
4: I think he wants Woodward to be impressed by all of his insider knowledge, oh, inside which, of knowledge which he would yes. have, what with being presidents and all that. Mm. But look, he goes on. Woodward's technique is quite interesting because he um, gives him a lot of softball questions and, and Trump he doesn't do a great job with them. Have a listen to this incredibly, uh, incredibly I, I guess, this question where Woodward gives him a chance to really say something for the record books. What he's saying is, tell me about a time when there was a pivot where you went f- to realising this really was a serious thing. What would someone really bad at answering questions <laughs> say at this point? How about this?
6: Well, I think Bob really, to be honest with sure, you. Sure, I want you to. I be. wanted to. Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, yeah, because I don't want to create a panic.
4: I mean, good job. Uh, millions of Americans are still not panicking about COVID, even as we heard earlier in the show. Yeah, even was- though it's killed two hundred thousand Americans now.
3: Like, no offence to Donald Trump, but isn't his entire deal making people panic? Like, doesn't he love to make people panic? Isn't that, like, his number one thing?
4: Yeah, Yeah. about caravans, about Biden, about About MS-13 moving next door. Everything except for the one thing that is killing Americans in large numbers. Well, this is terrible. But this is the thing about Trump, right? (laughs) Throughout the whole um, pandemic, he's been saying, don't take this seriously, no, you know, no masks, he's had all these rallies without social distancing, all this kind of stuff. Um, he's been quite brave and upfront about that. And you'd think it'd be a little bit sensible to be consistent with that line when talking to Bob Woodward, wouldn't you? Mm. Well, this is what he said about a scare in his office.
6: And Bob, it's so easily transmissible you wouldn't even believe it. I know. It's, I it- mean, you can, you can be in the room. I was in the White House uh, a couple of days ago. A meeting of 10 people in the Oval Office, and a guy sneezed innocently. Not a horrible, you know, yes. just a sneeze. The entire room bailed out, okay, including <laughs> me, by the way.
4: So when there's a sneeze near him, the entire room gets evacuated. Oh, my God.
3: An innocent sneeze. An innocent sneeze. There you go. He <laughs> just wanted to clear it, like, because you could do a deliberate sneeze.
4: Yeah, Mm. That's right. So we've learned so far that Trump isn't very good at uh, answering questions and he really wants to suck up to Bob Woodward. But there is so much more in the book. Now, I don't have to go for all of it, but I'm going to see if you can guess some of the other astonishing revelations in this book. So on Black Lives Matters, Woodward said, I've cut down the quote somewhat. He, He said to Trump, we're white and privileged. Do you have any sense that the privilege has isolated us and we have to work our way out of it to understand the anger and the pain particularly black people feel in this country? So he's being asked to make a comment on Black Lives Matter. What do you think Trump says?
2: Surely he says something about how actually white people are worse off than black people. Surely. Is that what he says?
3: Yeah, or think? maybe he says, like, I'm the best president for black people. Oh, yeah. Immaculate, amazing well, president. He,
2: yeah, or he something. actually says he is black. I, I reckon he says he
4: is
3: mm. black.
2: <laughs> he you did know? say,
4: he actually did say around, in on TV a day or two ago. He said, I'm the best president for black people ever. Uh, no. But what he's, in, including Barack <laughs> Obama, right? No. He said, so when I asked about Black Lives Matters, he said, no, I don't think that. You really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you, Bob? Just listen to you.
3: <sighs> Jesus.
4: Yeah. Uh, Now, also in the book, an aide to uh, former Defence Secretary and General Jim Mattis, an aide heard the President say in a meeting, my fucking generals are a bunch of what?
3: I'm hoping it's the C word. It's my favourite word, the C bomb.
4: Yeah, it's going to be the C word
2: or the P word.
3: What's the P word? You've got it. He got it.
4: Pussies. He called them pussies, although he didn't try to (laughs) grab the generals after that point. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing stuff. He apparently
2: was just expressing desire
4: yeah. yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, but Trump then also <laughs> told Woodward as part of his campaign to impress this journo, uh, a national security secret, like a top secret thing mm-hmm. that had a lot of people in, in Washington just astonished. What did he reveal the existence of that nobody knew about before to Bob Woodward?
3: God, I don't know. An alien?
2: <laughs> um, uh, is it some sort of fighter
4: jet, I mean, or something?
2: Is it
3: that he knows climate change is real? <laughs> that would
4: be yeah. great. What he said was, I've built a nuclear weapon system that no one's ever had before. We have stuff you haven't seen or heard about oh, no. that Putin and Xi oh. don't know about. Oh, no. There's nobody. What we have is incredible, he said. He revealed the existence of and they figured out what it is um, somehow. Uh, some amazing new nuclear system that no one knew that the US had. <laughs> he was just bragging oh, about this God. to a journo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think we're going to survive the year at no. this rate.
2: I mean, it's a pity that 2020 is the last year because mm. it's such a bad year. Yeah, it yeah. Was going
4: out with a real whimper, yeah. wasn't it? Well, with a bang, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but it goes on. Speaking of people who like to blow things up, uh, he tries to impress Woodward, the President of the United States, by boasting about his bromance with Kim Jong-un who apparently refers to Trump as Your Excellency and sucks up to him as well. Trump told Woodward about a conversation he'd had with Kim uh, where Kim was bragging about having done done something truly awful and uh, Trump passed this on to Woodward. What do you think it was? Is it the machine gunning of his uncle?
3: Yes, it is. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God, when he killed his uncle in that airport.
2: Yeah, no, 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 No. with the the machine gunning. That was his brother. The anti-aircraft machine gun. Did you see that?
4: His uncle was a threat to him in the regime. Yeah. And so he had him killed with an anti-aircraft machine gun. And then this is the bit we didn't know. I'm quoting Trump here. He killed his uncle and he put his body right in the steps and his head was cut off sitting on the
3: chest. What the actual Fuck! Like this is like a caricature of like what rich people do. Like, I can't. I can't. Like, it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry that like everyone believes like Trump is the kind of person that's going to like save all the children from all the pedophiles. It's like he. It endorses this behaviour. Like-, like I
4: was so amazed that he cut his head off and put it on the steps. I mean, that is amazing, Bob.
3: Oh my god! <laughs>
2: it's just because Trump's whole world is television, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's a
4: very Breaking Bad moment. It really is. <laughs>
3: that is so monstrous. I can. Oh man.
4: But look, it is incredible, like in the course of the book, I really want to read it, uh, how much he told Woodward in in an attempt to confess him, just ringing him up out of the blue to tell him about the number one top national security secret in the US. Um, He was incredibly candid, but, but the other thing is Bob Wood did that whole thing of giving him enough rope, like just giving him all this stuff to try and make a big statement for the ages.
3: I mean, I really don't think it would be that hard. You just ask him like a leading question and he'll just talk himself into oblivion. Yeah, we'll have a listen to this leading question.
6: Was there a moment in all of this last two months where you said to yourself, you know, you're waking up or you're, you know, whatever you're doing and you say, ah, this is the leadership test of a lifetime.
4: So he's giving him the chance to wind up and say, yes, I was determined to protect the American people from COVID. This is my moment. I am the man. I'm going to keep America safe. What do you think Trump said?
3: I feel like Trump was like, oh, nah, this is just another day. It's a breeze or some shit like that. What
4: he said was,
6: no, no, Uh, uh, I think it might be, but I don't think that all I want to do is get it solved.
4: He just wants to get it solved, guys, guys. Ah. Do you believe that he wants you to get COVID solved?
3: Oh, it reminds man. me of
2: my nine year
4: old wanting to
2: avoid his homework. like I just want to get it done.
3: Yeah, but imagine yeah. if the homework killed like hundreds and thousands of people. It every does. Day. It
4: does,
2: according <laughs> to my
4: son. <laughs> yeah, the dog ate oh. two hundred thousand American people. But I mean, it is extraordinary to just look back on the fact that he said yes to this, given that Woodward had already written a very negative book about him. In this book, Woodward concludes that Trump is not up to the job. Really? Really? Does he? He does. And so it just makes it. What should Donald Trump have said when in Bob Woodward asked for another round of interviews?
3: He should have said no. No.
1: None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser
4: Report. The Chaser Report is powered by gas. It's completely economically viable as long as it's heavily subsidised.
1: The Chaser Report. News you can't trust. Okay, that's about it for the show, but hang on. We've
0: got
2: late-breaking news from Rebecca Dana Muno. How unprecedented.
0: A homeopath has overdosed on a glass of water. Doctors say the water contained no traces of any active ingredients, making it incredibly potent. The homeopath is expected to make a full recovery because his horoscope said he would.
2: Well, I was very surprised that we had late-breaking news, but mm. there you go. Uh, that's the end of the show. Check us out on at chaser.com.au. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok.
3: TikTok, of course, of course.
2: Did you get lots of followers from last week?
3: Yeah, I got a few. Thank you yeah. for following me.
2: So that's at
4: Nina Oyama, is
3: it? Oyama.
4: Are you going to um, TikTok? Sense from your podcast?
3: No, I'm too scared. <laughs>
4: Give
2: us a five-star review on Apple and today's keyword is Stephen
4: Miles
3: is a daddy.
4: Now look, to take us out this week, J.K. Rowling's been in all kinds of trouble for the past few months uh, because of all the transphobic comments that she's made and apparently her new Cormoran Strike book that's just come out features a serial killer who likes to wear women's clothing. So uh, it's only escalating. And frankly, it's not a huge surprise that this came out about another Harry Potter movie. From G.K. Rowling comes a new story about a boy who was happy remaining a boy. You're a wizard, Harry, and you don't want to dress up like no witch, do you?
3: No, Hagrid. I don't want to colonize the spaces heroic feminists have fought for.
4: Now Harry, watch out for he slash she who must not be considered female.
3: But Professor Dumbledore, I thought this series was about treating everyone equally. Even muggles and house elves.
4: Oh yes, except trans people. Even though I have long hair and long robes and like men, I would never transfigure myself into a lady. With an even scarier villain. Voldemort? What's happening? I've changed my pronouns. No! Forget conquering the world. Now I, Lady Voldemorta, only wish to colonise women's bathrooms. And I've recruited a terrifying army to help me.
3: The Death Eaters, my lady?
4: No, Bellatrix, far more evil woke people on twitter
2: harry potter and the prisoner of azkatrans it's jk rowling's
4: worst nightmare you're in my clutches at last harry potter i've a vagina
3: oh no you've turned me into harriet potter jk rowling will be ever so angry when she's not pretending to be a man called robert galbraith
2: out now unlike what jk rowling wants for trans people